This morning is a great day because we are starting uh, a new series that you've probably seen the poster in the hall, out in the foyer, the Christmas one that you, is down, you know. Uh, it was always just to remind you that you could listen to that. It wasn't what we were doing now, and, uh, and it's been replaced with this one here, our inheritance. And we are going to talk about inheritance uh, as it pertains in the natural, but as it pertains to Scripture. And how that we have an inheritance in the Lord Jesus Christ that he wants us to walk in. And uh, we're going to do everything we can to bring uh, understanding to your heart and your mind uh, so that you can walk in the purposes of God for your life. Someone say amen. Amen. So over the next number of weeks, we're going to help provide you with a fresh understanding of this. And I believe that this series has got potential to change your life. I realize that pretty much every series does. I mean, if you'll listen to the Word and apply it to your life, it's got the power to change your life. But I think what we're going to talk about over the next summer of months is so critical to your walk with Christ and for you being everything that God's called you to be uh, that I believe that if you'll really take a hold of what we share over the next number of weeks, it will shift your whole life. And I, and I, and I mean this uh, deeply. Uh, this is, is, has always been a, an important subject to me, but in the last, I would say, 10 years, probably uh, God has shifted my understanding and my, given me revelation uh, about what it is to walk as a son of God, what it is to walk in his inheritance uh, like never before. And so a lot of what we're going to share is at a whole new level for us. So we're going to help define inheritance. We're going to help reveal inheritance in Scripture. We're going to show who qualifies to receive an inheritance. We'll explain why you have an inheritance. We'll show you how to obtain your inheritance. How many think that's a good idea? Amen? Nothing worse than having an inheritance out there and you don't know how to collect it. (laughs) How many of you know if someone someone had died and left you like a million dollars, you'd want to know how to get a hold of that, right? That would be uh, probably important to the one that passed away and to you. I mean, they'd want you to have it and you would, would want to get it, right? So um, we'll also explain why so many Christians do not receive their full inheritance, uh, how our belief systems need to change in order to receive our inheritance, and how we see ourselves is really key to the entire message of inheritance. So we're going to talk about all this stuff over the next number of months. Um, This is our text for this series, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 18 to 23, and uh, I'll read it to you off the screen here. It says, I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength, which he exerted in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule and authority, power and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in the present age, but also in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet and appointed him to be head over everything for the church, which is his body, the fullness of him, who fills everything in every way. Amen? I want you to read this passage of Scripture, um, uh, in particular, uh, verses 18 here to 23, and read them over every day. When you get out your Bible, for whatever other reading you're doing, just take a moment to read this over every day. Uh, as we're doing this series. Just keep taking yourself back to this scripture, back to the word, Ephesians chapter 1, verses 18, 23. Now, you can read all of the book of Ephesians. is a great book to read. 
if you want to understand uh, God's relationship to his people, the authority we have in Christ. I mean, it's terrific. Uh, it happens to be, in my opinion, the best book in the Bible is the book of Ephesians. Hallelujah. I've had other people argue with me this past week, say, no, it's Philippians, no, it's Colossians. Uh, but I'm, I'm just telling you, you know, trust, trust pastor in this one. It is Ephesians, all right? Uh, I'm just saying, I got the microphone and I'm telling you, it's Ephesians, all right? There's no question about it. So uh, anyway, it is, it is really, really good. All right. Now, how I wanted to start this series is we actually did begin on the first Tuesday of the month. We, we kind of launched into this uh, a week ago Tuesday when we had corporate prayer. And so um, what we did is we put, brought the whiteboard in here, and we set it up at the front of the church, and then we had people come to the board, and we had them write on the board, and this is what it looked like when we finished. It may not be pretty, but it's powerful, all right? So uh, if you'll notice here on the left, it says, our inheritance, and then underneath it says, in Christ, and then there's a second arrow dropping down, and it says, in our community at Desert Stream. What we wanted people to do is to come up and write on the board, uh, the things that, that they understood to be their inheritance in Christ and the things that they understood to now be their inheritance because they're in the family, they're in the body of Desert Stream. Uh, and some of the things that got written on the board were pretty amazing, pretty amazing. Now, you can't read all that from there. It's a little difficult. So what I did was I took the time to actually type each one of them in. Uh, I've got them typed in, so yeah, so you'll be able to, you'll be able to see it because otherwise... Mark would have to dance around like Vanna White pointing each one as I went through it. So, uh, and I don't know if he'd be able to reach really high up there for the high ones. But, but what I do is I made a list. So let's look first then at our inheritance in Christ. These are the things that got written down on uh, the board. I mean, this is pretty good stuff. What's our inheritance in Christ? Well, because we're in Christ, we have an inheritance of faith, hope, love. We have an inheritance of God as our Father. Uh, we have peace. We have joy. We have God's goodness. We have kingdom access. Everybody say kingdom access. We have kingdom access. That's something we'll explore throughout this series. We have healing. Everybody say healing. Healing. Uh, A sound mind. Praise the Lord. How many are thankful for a sound mind? In other words, we're not crazy, okay? So uh, we have our identity in Christ. We have freedom. Amen? Freedom. Paul said it's for freedom that Christ set you free. In other words, he wants you to walk in the thing that he set you free for, all right? Uh, We have a blessed life, amen. We have grace and power. We have apostolic authority as a church. God's given that to us, and we have it as people. We have apostolic authority, and we have, he has given us in Christ, he's given us the nations. Wow, that's quite the list, isn't it? And so that was the list that we we got uh, together. People wrote those things down. And then many of them would take the microphone and would pray and thank God for that uh, aspect of their inheritance. So it was a really great night. Some of the things, by the way, you miss out when you don't come to corporate prayer. Uh, Then we talked about our inheritance as being part of Desert Stream community, as being part of the family. So we get to be part of a sending house. We get to be part of a pioneering spirit. Amen? Uh, We get to be part of a place of creativity. Someone say creativity. We get to be part of a safe place. Our inheritance, when you're in the body of Christ, part of your inheritance is a safe place. It's a place where you can be honest with other people. You can, you can expect people to, to, to love you and accept you for who you are. It's a safe place. Uh, we get a family. We get mothers, fathers uh, for the orphaned here. And, and when we talk orphan, we're not just talking physical orphans. We're talking spiritual orphans. 
the number of spiritual orphans in the world vastly outnumbers the number of physical orphans. And uh, so we got mothers and fathers for, for the orphan. We have uh, spiritual mentoring because of being part of a family. We get unity. We get connection for being part of the family. We get praise as a weapon. Somebody say amen. amen. Praise as a weapon. I know sometimes people come in and they go, wow, the music's very different in this church. You know, why is the music so different in this church? How come it's not just the old hymns of the church? Well, the old hymns of the church were different when they were written too. Do you understand that? Uh, they were criticized before the hymns of the church that we sing. Many churches sang uh, music, only a cappella, and they only sang it like a chance. And then powerful melodies began to be released, and they began to take the music of, of, of famous uh, 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 writers and composers and began to put Christian words to them and lyrics. And, and then General Booth did the same thing. He took uh, beer-drinking songs and put uh, gospel words to them so that he could use them when he ministered on the streets of England uh, uh, and started the Salvation Army. And so what you see happening today is another generation rising up and using praise as a weapon. But in order to fight in this generation, they're using the weapons of this generation. Someone say amen. amen. And so why is it different? Well, because we realize that we are, have a responsibility to reach another generation for Jesus Christ. As the church, we need to constantly be reaching out to a younger and younger generation. Because the church of Jesus Christ, as our children get older, they, they are taking on more and more responsibility in the body of Christ. We want them to rise up and to fulfill uh, all of God's plans and destiny for the church. Amen? So just a quick sermon on that. That's why. Uh, if you're ever wondering, it doesn't mean we don't love a lot of the old church songs, and we do still sing them. It's just that we have to recognize that praise is a weapon, and we've got a war that we're engaged in for this generation. Amen? Praise the Lord. It's a place to become, uh, so you can become what God's called you to be. It's a, a, a place of healing, a place to be revived. It's an answer. Someone said it's an answer. I thought, wow, I wonder, wonder what caused someone to write that. That's a powerful statement to say that being part of this family was an answer. Uh, it's freedom to be me. It's a place to practice my purpose, my calling, election, and gifts. Mm, what an insight. A place to practice those things. How many know it's all right to practice? Practice makes perfect. You don't just all of a sudden you say, well, you know, God gives you a gift and you exercise it perfectly the first time you use it. How many know that's probably not the case? You're going to need a little work on it. Uh, you're going to have to develop that thing. Being part of a family gives you a place to do that. One of the reasons we have small groups is, is because if you're too intimidated to, to maybe, you know, share a word with somebody at church or to, you know, uh, pray over people in a large context or doing that kind of thing, but in a small group where you get to know everybody as family, you know, you can, you can go over and you can prophesy over someone or you can, you can pray for their healing or whatever, and the pressure is not as big as it would if you were doing it in front of all kinds of people, right? So it's a great place to practice my purpose, calling election, get involved in a small group. It's a pretty good, pretty good uh, promo there too, right, Mark? I'm covering all the bases today. I got CR already covered. I got small groups covered. This is amazing. So <laughs> praise the Lord. So this is the list that we, we put together, and... Uh, and every one of those things, you could pr preach pretty much for uh, a week on every single word that has been put up on the board. And that means we'd finish this series sometime in 2021. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but we're, not going to, we're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Uh, but that is an amazing list. That is an incredible list that we have there this morning. Praise the Lord. This list is about... 
our inheritance. And uh, for us to fully grasp and fully take a hold of inheritance, we need to understand what the Bible has to say about inheritance. And we need to understand what the Bible has to say to us in regards of being part of a family. We, we noted that the being part of a family was a safe place, a, a mother and fathers for orphans, spiritual mentors, etc., etc., etc. But you notice the emphasis on family and so many of those things that were put up there. Uh, and we praise the Lord for that. But the list of our inheritance, God's goodness to us, healing, freedom, etc., etc., is about you as an individual, the first list. So we've got one about our family, we've got one about us as individuals. And all of those things involve something that's key to understanding inheritance. And so for the first number of weeks, we're going to be focusing on this key. And we've talked about this as a church quite a few times. But this is so significant that we cannot ignore it. it this is the most significant element. This is the element that is affecting our culture more than anything today. And uh, we have, there are so many areas. And until we get this solved, we cannot walk in our inheritance. And you're saying, what is it? Well, this is it. Until we get this down first, we cannot walk in inheritance. Until we know who we are, it's impossible for us to receive inheritance. Not knowing who you are causes lots and lots and lots of problems. I've met so many Christians that when, as soon as I start talking about inheritance, they, they get all nervous and begin to shift in their, in their seat because they, they, they say, well, you know, you're just starting to preach prosperity gospel. Prosperity is such a small part of inheritance. When I look at the inheritance that we give to our children, money is a small part of it. A small part of it. The much larger part of it is uh, character. Is creativity is a belief in themselves that they can succeed at whatever that they put their minds and their hearts to. These are the things that I want to instill in them. A, a heart of affection, a heart that understands love, a heart that understands what it is to give. These are inheritances for being part of our household. Sense of humor. Maybe even a little bit of sarcasm is part of an inheritance and being part of the Dowling household. Uh, do you understand what I'm saying? These are the inheritances that we pass on to our children and to our children's children that are far more valuable than, than money. And so it seems funny to me that when we start talking about inheritance, everybody gets a little nervous because they think all the pastor's going to talk about is money. Uh, when the topic is so much broader and so much more full than just to talk about money. And, uh, and the reason we get nervous about when we talk about money and the reason we get nervous when we talk about all of these things is because deep inside of us we have an identity crisis that says, I'm not worthy of those things. I don't deserve those things. I've not been good enough to get those things. I have not earned those things, etc., etc., etc. Let me tell you something right now about inheritance. No one on planet Earth ever earned an inheritance. No one ever earned an inheritance. You don't get an inheritance because you earned it. You get an inheritance because you were born into it. The inheritance is always about who you are, not about what you've done. Someone say amen. amen. Always. Someone say always. always. It's always 
about who you are. It's always about the family you've been born into. It's all about relationship and has nothing to do with labor. If it did, it wouldn't be an inheritance. It would be a payment. It would be a remission. It would be uh, some kind of an acknowledgement for activity. But it's not. It's an inheritance. An inheritance comes to us because of association, because of relationship, whether it's family or friendship. Because how many know you can receive an inheritance either way, right? Because you're family or just because you're just a really good friend. But you can still receive that inheritance. It always comes by relationship. And so this morning, as we start on this topic, we have to understand the dynamic of identity in order to understand our relationships, to understand who we are in Christ before we can understand anything else as we move forward. Now, like I said, we've spent a fair bit of time talking about this. You remember this poster being up in the foyer? We talked in 2016. Hard to believe it was two years ago. We spent a number of months, and this was a phrase that Wayne Levy was the first one I ever heard say this. Uh, and he said, I am who I am, says I am, right? And uh, we talked about who I am, and we're going to talk some more about that uh, over the next number of weeks, but it's going to be moving us toward an understanding of an inheritance uh, that we share about it. And uh, we have to understand who I am. Who did God call me to be? And, uh, and, and so much of what we talk about in inheritance has to do with identity about who I am because I have to understand whose family I'm in. I have to understand how I got to be in this family. I have to understand what the privileges are of being in this family. It's all about being in the family of God. And we don't apologize for who we are. I am a child of the king. Amen? So I am who I am says I am. But this is also true. I can have... What he says, I can have. Someone say amen. So as we get past the first part, then the second part we're going to talk about over the next number of weeks is the truth that I can have what he says I can have. Now this is an important statement because it says what he says I can have. Not what you say you can have, what he says you can have. I meet many Christians who get off on tangents with this whole concept because they go around just blabbing a bunch of things that they say they can have when they need to stick with what Jesus says you can have. Am I making any sense to anybody? You know, I've had people come to me and say, well, you know, Pastor, I was, you know, I was uh, just believing God for this and this, and they named off a whole mess of things they were believing God for, and they were all material things. They were all things that would make them you know, feel better in the short term, I'm guess, guessing, but probably not have any lasting value. And they were saying, God didn't come through with any of those things. And the question is, well, did God say you could have them in the first place? Did God say it was for you? Hmm? You know, the Bible says, my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. It never says, my God shall supply all your whims. You ever notice that in the Bible? It doesn't say that. Lloyd, did you ever see that in the scripture? God supply all my whims? No, it says I shall, he shall supply all my needs. And he does. He does. Now, the beautiful thing is that occasionally I have a whim and he fulfills that too. But understand, his promise was that he'll take care of all my needs. Right? And so I need to understand I can have what he says I can have. Now, there are many things that he says we can have in scripture that we still don't take advantage of. Because we don't think we're worthy, we don't uh, understand that God promised it to us, and we're living way below, everybody say way below, 
We're living way below what God's purposes are for us because he said that there is so much that we could have, we just need to take hold of it. And so we'll talk about that over the next number of weeks. And then the final thing that we'll get to, so we'll, we'll talk about identity. I am who I am says I am. We'll talk about uh, I can have what he says I can have, but here's the last statement. I can also do what he says I can do. <laughs> Hello? I can do what he says I can do. Praise the Lord. I am who he says I am. I can have what he says I can have. I can do what he says I can do. I can do what he says I can do. Don't be an underachiever. Don't be an underachiever. The body of Christ is supposed to be filled with overachievers. People who accomplish more than you ever thought would be possible from that person's life. That's who we are. One of my greatest inspirations when I think about this is a guy named uh, Nick Vajersic. Does anybody know who he is? I don't know if I'm pronouncing his last name right or not. It's spelt really weird. And, and uh, it's like V-J-U-R-C-I-C-K or something like that. Uh, but anyway, he's the guy that was born with no arms and no legs. Now, you might look at that guy. He's got no arms and no legs. And you might think to yourself, now, there's a guy right there who's never going to be able to accomplish much. Right? I mean, the guy's got no arms and no legs. Look him up on YouTube. His, his videos are inspirational, to say the least. Right? And, uh, and this guy, born with no arms, no legs, he had, has one little, little flipper coming out of the bottom that he can work a keyboard with. It's like, it looks like a foot with no toes but a big toe on it, with one big toe on it. And, uh, and so that's how he runs a keyboard. So he has a computer sitting on the floor, and he goes, and he types out emails and, and, and stuff on that all, the, all day long. He works with his little flipper, as he calls it. And he, and he praises God for his flipper. And uh, anyway, now he's married. He has uh, children. Uh, he's uh, touring all around the world, speaking and telling young people, no matter what you think when you look in the mirror, God can work through you. He works through me. He can work through you. And Nick took a hold of this truth. First of all, he understood who he was. Then he understood what he could have. And then he understood what he could do. And he realized, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And now Nick travels around the world, pouring that kind of hope into everybody else. And he probably rests his head at night and says, Lord, can you please help those young lives I spoke to today take a hold of what their potential is in you? If you can use little flipper man like me, who's been, you know, given only this one little toe to work with. But I've been able to take this toe and my tongue and use it for your glory. Imagine what he can do with someone who's got five fingers and five toes on each foot and has the ability to use those things and to go where you need to go, do what you want to do, uh, achieve the things that he wants you to achieve. What can God do with you? Never say, I can't do it because... Because the list of excuses you come up with don't really mean that much to the God of the universe. He's got a rebuttal from pretty much every one of your, well, I could do it, but. To every one of those arguments, he has an answer. Someone say he's got an answer. So I am who he says I am. I can have what he says I can have. I can do what he says I can do. That's what we're going to talk about over the next... Uh, number of weeks, and I, I believe if you'll take a hold of the Word of God as we talk about this.
then we can shift our city for Jesus Christ. We won't start with Canada. We'll just shift Belleville first. But how many knows if you shift Belleville, you can shift the nation? I remember listening to Bill Johnson a couple years ago, and he, he talked about how their, their focus was, was never the city, the na- I mean the nation, I should say. It was always the city. Their desire was to reach Reading. And they began to do that. And it was when we were there for the conference, we went to the restaurant, and, and uh, we got talking to different people, different restaurant owners, different people uh, that we met in the city. And everybody knew about Bethel, and everybody said, we hire Bethel students, we rent to Bethel students because they're the very best. So even though now it's known all over the world, their focus is still, God, you called us to Reading. And this school of ministry is going to impact Reading. If it doesn't impact Reading positively, then it doesn't matter what it does in the rest of the world. So we start with Belleville. We can shift Belleville, then we can shift the nation. But we have to make it work here before we can expect it to work anywhere else. That means this is going to cause you to have to adjust things in your life. There's going to be a lot of practical outgrowth from this message. As you discover who you are and you recognize what a wonderful creation you are when you look in the mirror, then the next logical step is you have to recognize that person that you're sitting beside or across from or behind is also a wonderful creation in Christ. Also a gift a gift to God, a gift to you, a gift to the body. Amen? Then you also have to realize that, that the things that God says that you can have, He's also saying that the person beside you can have, that your parents can have, your children can have. Then, then we'll be able to take it down more specific, and the things that He's called you to do, there may be things He's called you to do that He hasn't called anybody else to do, but that we all do them better when we do them together. And God's going to hap- help I have to help some of us to get rid of our independent maverick spirit and have to recognize that we are effective when we work with others. Because I can tell you this much. Remember Nick? He has a whole crew of people now that have come around him and they help him. Everything from getting dressed in the morning to being able to eat dinner to being able to uh, travel, to speak, I mean, all the things that, that he, he needs help with, guess what? Everything that gets accomplished through the ministry that he's doing is a team effort. God never calls any of us to walk by ourselves. You might think that you're God's gift to humanity and that the whole world's going to get saved through you, but I got news for you. It's going to get saved through you and a whole host of other people working together. It's not me, but we. So as our identity becomes more secure in Christ and we understand who I am, we're far more comfortable to work with others and we're far more comfortable to say we and not just me. Amen? So that's all the stuff we're going to talk about over the next number of weeks. And I, it's going to be, I'm excited about it. I'm, I can't wait. I can't wait to dive in. Somebody say, I can't wait either, Pastor. It is going to be fantastic. It is going to be uh, literally life-changing for us. And I believe if we put it into practice, it can be not just life-changing for me, but it can be life-changing for the house and for our community. My wife and I have had the privilege of living in Belleville now 27 years, I think. What's that? 27 years? 28 years? 27 years, yeah. 27. Yep. 27 years. 20. 27 years. 
My wife's been here 29 because she was here for a stint two years when she was a, a, a college and career age person. Then she went off to Bible college and met the man of her dreams. <laughs> Jesus. No, I'm just... <laughs> And so, and then uh, after a, a journey in some other places, God brought us here 27 years ago. And uh, we started Desert Stream 23 years ago. Hard to believe, 23 years ago. And uh, after 23 years, I can honestly say I am more excited about the potential of not just Desert Stream, but of our community than I have been ever before. I'm uh, filled with anticipation of what God wants to do. I get to look every Sunday and see lives that are filled with potential and know that God wants to do great things through them. And if I ever lose that, then I just resign. I move or I start selling cars or I do something. But that passion is in my heart. And it's deeply embedded in my spirit. And I, I never have a day when I go, oh, I don't want to go to the office today. I'd just rather stay in bed. <sighs> you know? Because every day I get out of bed and I'm filled with passion about what God wants to do in and through his people. That doesn't mean there aren't tough days. When we came down here last Monday and the foyer looked like a war zone and uh, water everywhere and tiles down there. I was thinking to myself, oh, Lord, I don't want to be up on the roof today uh, helping the guys shovel ice and stuff off the roof. And I don't want to be mopping floors and I don't want to be taken down. There were some other things I had planned for Monday, let me tell you. Uh, but, you know... That does not take away from what our passion and our heart is for uh, this family right here. You're a great family of people, and God wants to make you even gooder and gooder. Amen? That's what he wants to do. Yes, I realize that's improper language and grammar. So don't come up after me and say, Pastor, there's no such word as gooder. I, I, I know that. Yeah. <laughs> but today there is. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me together this morning? Praise the Lord. It's not even 11.30. Look, at see, this is a new beginning right here, a new series. It is not even 11.30, and uh, you guys can beat some of the other churches to Swiss Chalet today. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Strategic, strategic. I'm already helping with your identity. You're like, man, I'm just a, we're a victorious church. We're walking in such... Uh, awesome punctuality. I mean, everything is just coming up roses today. It's fantastic. Well, would you just take somebody's hand this morning? Uh, look at you two, just lovely. Jim and Anise just cuddling one another throughout church. Hallelujah. Warms my heart up. Amen. See, we're a family, folks. And as a family... We love one another. Turn to the person beside you and say, I love you. I love you. <laughs> and you know what? Even if you don't know them, turn to the person on the other side and say, I love you. I love you. <laughs> All right. See, that, that, that the healthier our identity gets, the easier it'll be for us to be able to say that. And when we're all saying I love you to one another, Mark's, Mark's just going to come around the church smiling all the time. He's just going to say, man, 
The Lord's had to help me to work through Pastor Kevin's sarcasm, but I'm just so in love with all of this wonderful love speech that's going around. And uh, Mark will probably walk without even touching the ground. It's going to be just incredible. It'll be amazing. <laughs> Let's pray, folks. Father, I just thank you for this wonderful family that you have given to each and every one of us. We are connected, whether we're, we feel that we're connected every day or whether we just have some days that are, uh, we feel more connected than others. The truth is we are connected every day. Father, our lives intersect, they intertwine in ways many times that we don't even see. And the things that are uh, afflicting me may also be afflicting somebody else in the body that I don't know about. And Father, also the things that I've inherited in you, somebody else has inherited as well. And Father, as we work through this series and we talk about inheritance and we talk about I am who he says I am, I can have what he says I can have, and I can do what he says I can do. Father, that you would, uh, Lord, position this church and this family for great things. Lord, we pray that the, the spirit of the orphan will be, uh, Father, fine, will be uh, uncovered and revealed, and, and Lord, even exposed to your love. And Father, then it'll discover what it is to have a family, to have a father, a mother, to have people that love them. Father, that you'll deal with those that are struggling with sin, and, and, and they do it because, Lord, they don't know who they are, and they, and they don't feel complete without that sin. Lord, that you'd liberate them and set them free, and they'll understand who they are in Christ and be able to walk with a fresh liberty that they've never experienced before. Father, all these things we ask because we know that we can have them because they're part of our inheritance. And Lord, we bless you today. We thank you today, Lord, and we give you praise, and we look forward to what you've got for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.